The opinions and statements expressed in the following program do not necessarily reflect those of WWDB, its staff, or management. Inspirational women are increasingly popular in the news and media, but many go unheard and their stories are never told. Women to Watch with Susan Rocco captures the stories of many women who truly make a difference. Women to Watch is the vehicle for developing new leaders, encouraging younger generations, and in building self-esteem for future entrepreneurs. Hello, and thank you so much for tuning in to Women to Watch. I know you might be guessing, who is this? Well, I am stepping in for the fabulous Susan Foley Rocco, and my name is Tara Magalski. And I am the founder of Divine Lifestyle, the Feed System, and the Let Your Mess Be Your Message movement. So thank you guys so much for having me. I am so excited to be here. And I also have a wonderful guest, the beautiful Dale Noel. Dale, how are you? And thank you so much for being here today. Thanks so much for inviting me today, Tara. I'm in New York and very excited to be on the show. Wonderful. Happy Labor Day to everyone as well, and thank you everyone who has tuned in. I know today is a really restful, beautiful day, but we've got, um, we've got an amazing woman on the line. So um, let me tell you a little bit about Dale. Dale Noel is the founder and the CEO of True Model Management, a company that represents fit, show, and print models around the world. She actually was one of the fashion industry's most successful Ford models for nearly two decades before starting her company and has worked with the most reputable fashion influencers such as Michael Kors, Calvin Klein, Oscar de la Renta, Tommy Hilfiger, Ralph Lauren, Nicole Miller. I mean, the list goes on. And what's so cool is that I know Dale personally, and she really is a pioneer in the modeling and fashion industry what I love about her company is that she is honoring diversity in all ethnicities, sizes, and genders. So, Dale, we'll talk a little bit more about that later, but what is even more amazing is that you are really in support of eco-friendly clothing and manufacturing in the U.S. Um, Dale also sits on the board of the Federal Enforcement Homeland Security Foundation, which we got to talk about more in a little bit, Dram <laughs> uh, Conferences, the TEDx Fulton Street, and Women in Fashion Film Festival. So I know Dale personally, so I can tell you that um, I can attest to everything that I'm telling you. She is the real deal, and she has such a knack for connecting and empowering and assisting others to make their dreams become a reality. And that's actually how Dale and I met. So really quickly, a side note, we are going to be taking live calls during this program. So if you want to call in, you want to ask Dale or myself any questions, go ahead and call 888-329-3306. Again, that number is 888-329-3306. I know it's a mouthful, Dale, because you are, uh, <laughs> are legit. You are the real deal. So... Thank you again for taking the time. I know you're you're um, taking some time away from your family today. So so again, thank you. But I wanted to um, talk to you a little bit about. I know that you also are an instructor at the Fashion Institute of Technology, 
where you're teaching real-world technical design. Um, could you talk to us a little bit more about that? Yes, of course. Um, I'm an instructor at FIT, and what we do is teach young women and men who are aspiring to either be technical designers or fit models or anyone who works in the production area of the clothing manufacturing so they can learn to better communicate with factories and everyone that's in the fitting of clothing. It's so cool, and I want to talk a little bit more about that later, but Start up because I know you're um, you're also a fellow health coach. You're a positive Correct. body image advocate. You're a crazy awesome philanthropist, and you are a cancer survivor. So yeah. before we get into into all the nitty gritty, can you share with the audience a bit about your childhood and what your aspirations were as a young girl? Absolutely. I was really fortunate. I had an amazing familyhood and a very close-knit family. There were immigrants from Italy and Norway, so I had a bit of old school, you know, values growing up. And my family had a very strong work ethic that they instilled in me. Almost all the people became entrepreneurs and started their own business. And everything about it was save, don't waste, build and fix, don't break things or throw them away. It was like very much work hard, play hard, and my father's quote is one of my favorites, a family that plays together stays together. So as hard as we work, we were also very silly and had good quality. We always instilled work with play, you know, we'd be painting the house ourselves or building cabinets or welding something to fix something, and, you know, the music would be going, someone would be cooking good food, so we made it really fun, and as far as aspirations, um, pretty much they all had, I had so many, I'm always coming up with ideas uh, as a child and still now, but the common denominator then and now was always to help people, improve situations and like my surroundings, and I just always wanted to make the world a better place. I was that kid in school from a really, really young age. None of my friends were doing it. I asked my mom, I heard about bikeathons and jump rope for heart and all these different things that combined philanthropy with athletics and I enrolled for everyone I could just raising money you know to help sick kids or whether it was a cookie sale for the brownies you know I went door to door to um, save our oceans and improve water quality because my family was very much about you know boating and in the ocean a lot so um, for me it, the passion has been consistent throughout my life and my aspirations if um you're talking about careers and things like that um it changed as i went along in life early on you know i had a few life-threatening diseases as a child so i wanted to be a doctor when i was very young then i got older i wanted to be a fashion designer or in the military and then when i was in college it was pretty much all about entrepreneurship i love it you're all over the place i want to be a <laughs> And go to the military. <laughs> I know. We are one that loves to do it all, and that's what um, that's why you know Dale and I have been actually working together closely for the past seven months, and I really had um, um, an inside peek into your world. So you were actually born with all this ambition, huh? I was, and actually, it is not how I got into the industry, but my dad did own clothing factories, and my grandmother was a seamstress and used to make suits at a different factory. So it's the uh, fashion industry is in my blood. So I know you mentioned a little bit about um, the diseases. Would, were there 
any other challenges that you needed to overcome as a child? Yes, there definitely was. Um, as I said, I was really fortunate, and I was lucky enough to excel, and I worked really hard academically and in athletics. But there was a time in my life in junior high school when I switched schools, and you know, I went from a very small private school and switched to this big public school in a nouveau riche community. And my family is very, you know, old school, middle class, and I really didn't feel like I fit in. And then I started to lack confidence and I had some insecurities. Um, I was young for my grade. I was pretty much like a year younger than everyone. And I was always very thin and kind of sinewy. So I was flat chested. I got bullied by some boys that made fun of me. Um, I looked really young, you know, so between the the looks and not being super wealthy and being able to do everything that the other kids were doing, you know, I started to lose some confidence. So um, I would say by the time I got to college, I overcame that. But, you know, I struggled through my high school years. I mean, I had my friends, but I was always, you know, I didn't feel good enough for, you know, something was wrong with me. And um, I suffered uh, from anorexia as well, um, just in the beginning of high school, like junior high school, beginning of high school. And do you think that that was because of the bullying or um, was there anything that might have been a catalyst for that? Um, I think the catalyst was really due to my perfectionism. I was very tough on myself. So I actually became anorexic before the bullying started. And I was a competitive gymnast and baton twirler. And our health coach put us on a diet, you know, just um, because we were traveling all over doing, you know, halftime shows and different performances, and they wanted everyone healthy and lean. I mean, I was the skinniest person probably on the team anyway, but if they told me to be healthy, I thought I was doing a good thing. And it pretty much started out with good intentions, but then it got to my head. I didn't have enough body fat. I started acting strangely, and my parents were having a little bit of a rocky marriage through those years. and. I was about to change schools, and there were a whole bunch of different things mixed in, but I think the main thing was I didn't have, you know, the positive image of myself, and that was something I could control, you know. I was trying to do the best I could. I thought I was being good, but uh, if I had that diet now, <laughs> I would probably be fine, but being an athlete and uh, young and lean already, it was just too much for my body. Yeah, and also just societal pressures on you telling you that you need to maintain a certain weight. Now, I just want to talk a little bit about that um, as far as in the industry. What do you see? Do you see a lot of women um, that develop some sort of eating disorders? I know that you, uh, True, is a, is a fit modeling agency. Do you see a lot of that? Well, I've been in the modeling industry for a very long time, and I would say when, you know, the height of my career was probably in the 90s, early 2000s, and I did work with quite a few people who maybe it wasn't, you know, known or said, stated that this person was sick, but I could tell from the symptoms and, you know, the signs that several of these people had anorexia. I think there was more pressure back then to be thinner and thinner and thinner. The paradigm hadn't shifted yet to accepting, you know, healthy at any size and being beautiful with curves. It was very funny because all of my life, you know, for a good time, I struggled with that 
you know, anorexic, being thin, all that, and then finally got over that, and I go into the modeling industry, and good thing my mind was very strong then. I was a very healthy, athletic size, you know, six or eight, depending on which company it was, and I would go to the designers and be next to the people that were going for runway shows, and they just thought I was so short and so fat and dumpy, and I didn't have an ounce of fat on my body, and I was like 5'8", so it was kind of a warped perception and a very narrow definition of what beauty is, and so there were times when I was modeling, too, that like, hey, I know, you know, I'm healthy and I look good, but they don't think I'm pretty enough. You know, luckily I was always busy with fit modeling so you could be more of an average person. But now modeling has opened up to more real type people and it's very, it's becoming more inclusive. So I'm very happy to see that shift and the focus is on health. And for True, it's always been on health. People would come into True and ask, the first question was, how much weight do I need to lose to be a model? And we'd always be like, you come to the right place, first get happy and healthy, where you can maintain your weight, and then let's talk what, what jobs you could get for you. So let's talk a little bit, what was the inception behind, you know, the making of true model management? Well, when I initially founded the company, there were kind of true, two true companies. The first one was only to manage my personal modeling career. I actually had um, set a plan to wean myself off of modeling, and I figured this was a good exit. My sister was going to manage me and also be my personal assistant. And then, you know, we could work on different projects together to get me out of modeling and into something else, and, you know, we'd both have earn a living from it. But as I was doing this, everyone that I knew, whether it was clients, models, they were always seeking my advice, and I was always introducing people to each other in the industry for pretty much the 20 years I was modeling. So it had come up many times that, Dale, you'd be a great manager and agent. Why don't you stop modeling and become a manager? And I was like, no, 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 no. I love modeling and all my clients and friends. And, you know, when I move to the next thing, it's going to be in a different industry. That didn't happen. <laughs> it was like um, the inspiration was from my clients and friends' requests. I was consistently scouting and training models pretty much to be my substitute at first and then I formalized the business that I'd already been making to start true when I was pregnant and found that I had cancer at the same time and the doctor's like you're not going to work tomorrow so I picked up the phone and said okay here we go we're going to start repping other models now wow wow well let's talk about Cancer. Let's talk about what what happened to you. What was the, that day like for you when you found out that you were you had cancer? Well, I was four months pregnant, and I was still getting over a bit of the shock of the unplanned pregnancy. <laughs> and shortly after that, I got married. It was a longtime friend and boyfriend, so that part was good. But I still, you know, I had always been the runaway bride before before that. So I was just <laughs> like, I kind of jumped in with two feet. I'm like, all right, let's go for it. <laughs> and, uh you know, my wedding was a couple of weeks before my biopsy came in, so I really should have been on my honeymoon when I was getting ready to go into the hospital. But, um, I, I, you know, everyone kind of, that knows me was pretty much like, this is the way we expected you to handle it. I was very matter-of-fact about it. You know, I really am an internal optimist, and I love challenges. I believe anything's possible. So I just looked my doctor in the eyes. I said, okay, this is not great, but I'm really happy you found it. 
the tumor. And uh, it was just like, all right, what's the next step? Where am I going this afternoon? What do I have to do? Let's get get it out. Let's move on. <laughs> you know, let's not take too long. <laughs> I'm always like, come on. So, so that, um, yeah, I was just really proactive. And since I was pregnant, I really didn't have many options as far as even detection or treatment. I couldn't put too much toxicity in my body. So uh, I believe it was the next week after I found out, as soon as they could get me in for surgery, I went in for surgery. And I had to switch hospitals and doctors and all people I didn't know because my hospital, the one who diagnosed it, uh, they couldn't handle neonatal care. So I had to, you know, go to a special hospital for pregnant women. Wow. That is, that is intense. <laughs> now, where was the cancer? The cancer tumor was on my tongue. So they had to cut out my tongue, and I couldn't. And, of course, I am always, like, the foodie. I love talking. So it was like, well, they said they're cutting my tongue out, parts of my tongue out. I was like, what? I was pregnant on a liquid diet for almost two months. I was like, okay. And I had to write notes, carry around things. It was, yeah, it was, it was kind of challenging. So you say that you're an, like, an eternal optimist, but what? I mean, we all have our, our, our dark moments, right? We all do. We all have those weak moments. What kept you motivated in those in those challenging moments? Mm-hmm. Well, I really do love and value my life and my family's lives, my friends' lives. I didn't really think about it. I was just kind of my focus was just like I need to do everything I need to do right now to get past this. So I never really focus on like, oh, no, I'm sick. I'm the, uh, you know, I'm always like that person. I could be, unless you're really putting me in the hospital and strapping me down like I need to be there, I'm like, I'm fine, I'm fine, move on, let's go, let's do it. So I didn't really sit and, you know, I didn't give myself a moment to sit and feel sorry for myself. I was just like, let's get, let's move on. What's next? What can I, you know, get out of this? So now I'm um, an advocate for um cancer research and helping raise funds and I, NYU made me one of the new faces of oral cancer. They have a whole campaign coming out uh, next year and I'll be part of that. And uh, I met so many pe- great people along the way and I think just my referrals for people who are sick now to the best doctors in the world, um, that may have been the calling. I'm not exactly sure, but I do feel good when I make a connection to someone that needs help. I met the most amazing cancer researchers in Washington State, at uh, University of Washington, actually. It's a research arm called Fred Hutchinson, and I strongly believe that they are the most brilliant, open-minded, think-outside-the-box scientists, and I want to do everything I can for them to help other institutions as well as people discover more ways to treat and detect cancer because I feel like almost everyone has been touched by cancer in some way. So the research that I'm usually helping to fund is for all types of cancer, not just mine. Actually, mine's kind of on the bottom of the list, but it'll trickle down to uh, tongue and oral cancer. Now, is there any way to prevent the type of cancer that you have? Well, there's no mutual, there's no agreed formula. No one really knows why you get it or how to prevent it. But I've explored and researched every different angle from, you know, homeopathic to Western medicine, Chinese medicine. Um, 
what I believe, I think many cancers are are developed because of acid and like the imbalance of pH levels in the body. So now I'm really exploring diets that are, you know, low acid, higher pH or the optimal for your body. Yeah, very alkaline. So I'm working on some more recipes for creating delicious meals that you can eat that are also good for you. So I think that's one of them. I think, you know, probably rest. And I don't know if it's, you know, the phone. I've read many things about the radiation, and that is the side that I used to hold my phone on. Uh, Who knows? I used to wear a mouth guard like a retainer growing up. Maybe the plastic was bad, you know. Now everything's BPA-free and all that. But back then, who knows? I don't know. No one really knows. So, but I am uh, sticking with the uh, pH. I think is a really big, you know, proper diet, nutrition, yeah. having enough sleep, exercising, all of that. Yeah, living the healthy lifestyle so the body isn't inflamed, so you can ward mm-hmm. off and prevent. Absolutely. So inflammation I thought it was really is- interesting at what you were saying, and I, I was thinking, let your mess be your message, because you're pregnant. You're pregnant, and you find out you have cancer. You're like, I don't have time for this. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> care of. You know, there is no way that, I mean, you're pregnant. Now you are fighting for two people mm-hmm, and your family. Right. So I just wanted to give you that little let your mess be your message, because you are an embodiment of that. So keep going, warrior. Mm-hmm. I love your so, motto. I think that's great. <laughs> I know. Oh, we've got to plug it, right? Mm-hmm. So I love, I love the inception of True because you kind of stumbled upon that as well, right? It was, a, it was this natural, organic kind of, yes, you know, flow. But what I love the most, and which is why I really love to partner and work with True, is that True is just—it's more than a model management company. It's more of a movement. So could you tell everyone a little bit about True's core values and what you stand for? Sure. Um, True, this is a company that was founded as a result of my passion, pretty much to share knowledge and to share connections. You know, it's always about helping people become independent and earn a living and, you know, making the world a better place. We're very nurturing and we try to give as much individualized attention that we can. Um, but our business model, it um, and the way we operate, it interweaves economics, social factors, environmental components, and the focus has always been on integrity. You know, in addition to developing exceptional models, um, we believe in developing role model citizens, and some of our clients have <laughs> mentioned that to us and kind of coined the term and we're like, yeah, that's true. They're like, your models are so nice and so caring and, you know, being successful entrepreneurs and giving back to society, anything that positively impacts the lives of others is the a legacy that we're trying or we are establishing. That's so cool. And, you know, I, I know that you're involved in a lot of different projects. Um, you're an advocate for body positivity through true, through basically everything that you do. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk about some of the initiatives that you're working on currently for for positive body image? Well, for positive body image, um, I am a supporter of the National Eating Disorders Association of NIDA. So that is one. Um, that's near and dear to me because of the anorexia that I had, too, and I just don't want people to suffer the way I did. It's just... 
Um, when you feel your body with love, you know, your mind has no limits, but if you're being too rough on yourself, you'll be just stifled. So I want to help people in any way, you know, that makes me also feel fulfilled and successful. Um, as you mentioned earlier, I'm also a health coach, so I try to incorporate that uh, with the developing of the true models so we can help them maintain or meet nutritional goals and stay fit. Um, one of the other initiatives is we're supporting Byron Lars Beauty Mark show. It's on New York Fashion Week, September 12th, and Byron Lars' message is also about positivity. So we discovered through friends how aligned we are in message, and he's going to be doing something so special that I wish they started years ago. He's showing a collection of models from size 0 to 18. So this is going to be very unique and probably one of the most memorable New York Fashion Week shows. Awesome. And you're also doing an initiative I saw online. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about that with Anjay? Oh, yes. Um, Anjay, we um, had a contest to win tickets to her New York Fashion Week pop-up shop. That's going to be on September 7th. And Anjay, um, the owner, Angela, she is a person who fully supports women's empowerment, and she's always connecting female entrepreneurs to help others, so we are also aligned, and I'm very excited about her event as well. Do you need more people to submit, or did you pick a winner? Um, we're picking a winner today. The deadline was, uh, I think, 11.59 p.m. on the 3rd. So I think we'll be good. But everyone can check it out, and, you know, maybe we'll open up to have another winner. Um, if, you're, if people are interested, sure, they can um, hashtag NYFW2016 Anjay, A-N-J-E. So still submit, and we'll talk about opening up more. And they need to follow on Instagram, um, sorry. Well. <laughs> and then they also need to follow you, right? That's part of the criteria? Yes. So it's okay. at... So go ahead and, and, and plug those. <laughs> <laughs> yes, at Dale, D-A-L-E, Noel, N-O-E-L-L-E, underscore true, T-R-U-E. And the other one is at Anjay Clothing, A-N-J-E, Clothing. And that's awesome. So anyone listening, if you guys want to go hop online right now and do that, you might still have a chance. You never know if some great submissions come through. I think you just have to take a picture of yourself in your favorite outfit, follow Dale, follow Anjay, and then use the hashtag. You might be able to win um, uh, an amazing event. You might be able to go to New York Fashion Week with Dale herself. Sounds good. So another uh, an, another few things that you are working on that are really important for us to discuss. Um, you're a board member of DRAM conferences, Women and Fashion Film Festival, um, and the creator of the organization Girls Empowerment Fashion Runway Show. Mm -hmm. So I do want you to talk a little bit about all three of these organizations and what your role is with them. Sure. Um, DRAM, I'm really excited about. It's uh, an invite-only conference. It's for business owners, senior executives, and influential artists who are excited about the ways technology is changing the way we live and the way we do business, even our aesthetics. You know, I was introduced to the founder 
of DRAM through being on the board of TEDx Fulton Street. Aaron Sylvan runs both of those. So um, DRAM, I will, my I'm role will be to as... In- we just need to take a really quick break for our sure. sponsors, so we will be back in just a few minutes. Okay. There are 365 days to schedule a mammogram. Today is as good as any. Holy Redeemer Breast Care makes it easy. We offer the latest technology like 3D mammography and automated breast ultrasound that help find cancers in dense breast tissue. Plus, our same-day readings mean same-day peace of mind. Make today the day you schedule a mammogram. It's easy to request an appointment online at holyredeemer.com slash mammogram. Since 1858, Mount St. Joseph Academy has been educating girls to be leaders, founders, and independent thinkers. Students are taught to be collaborative, courageous, compassionate, confident, and spiritual. In this student-centered environment, the young women are transformed by recognizing their own potential and are encouraged to use it to make a difference in the world. To learn more about Mount St. Joseph Academy, go to www.msjacad.org or call 215-233-3177. That's msjacad.org or 215-233-3177. I'm Jocelyn Ewart, founding principal of Entrust Financial in Wayne, Pennsylvania, and it is my pleasure to share financial tips with you during my monthly segment on Women to Watch. I hope you are a regular listener like I am and that you are finding the personal finance tips I provide helpful. Some of the topics we have discussed so far this year are how to get organized, how to help your children learn good money habits, how to create that all-important travel budget, and what steps are needed as you prepare for retirement. Now I have truly exciting news for you, news you can share with your family and friends. As a veteran certified financial planner professional, I just published my first book, Balancing Act, Wealth Management Straight Talk for Women. It is filled with inspiring real case studies to help you and other women move past fear, build confidence, and make the right decisions without financial concerns. Just go to Amazon.com to purchase your copy. And please, write a review for Balancing Act Wealth Management Straight Talk for Women. I look forward to reading it. Welcome back to Women Who Watch. I am your sub-host today, Tyra Magalski, and we are with the fabulous Dale Noel from True Model Management. Dale, I'm sorry, but I wanted to pick up exactly where you left off. Um, Talk to us a little bit about the DRAM conferences. Sure. DRAM, it stands for Digital Reality Art Media. And um, I believe you heard before, it's an invite-only conference for business owners, senior executives, and influential artists. So I'm really excited because in addition to being a board member, I'm also a co-curator. So... I play a role in deciding what subjects we should cover and which people should be recognized in their field as extraordinary leaders. So this um, conference starts November 2017, so we have a little bit of time. Anyone interested in learning more about it, they can um, check out dram.org, and we can put them first on the mailing list to include them. And uh, to sum up just – 
the boards, um, TEDx Fulton Sheet was the other one, and you had mentioned it. And it's a charity. It helps bring really exciting content to anyone who's interested. So the next event for that is September 21st. Um, another yeah, organization. Yeah, I heard about that. I'm really yeah. quickly, where can people get tickets if they wanted to come? It's online. If you just Google TEDx Fulton Street, you'll have it. Um, it's Things You Can't Have is the the topic this year, and they can uh, you can get tickets on there. That one's an intimate event, so you'll have to do that quickly. Um, as far as another one that's near and dear to my heart is um, the Federal Enforcement Homeland Security Foundation. And I've always been fascinated by and respect our law enforcement and military. So this organization I was so impressed with because they provide immediate financial assistance to support the federal law enforcement agents and, like, and their families. It's many women that they're supporting. Um, oftentimes the agent or officer is male that is killed in the line of duty, and they help the the wives and the children in their greatest time of need. You know, the families get money and funding for their issues within 24 to 48 hours. And, of course, we have women that are in law enforcement as well. Um, so if anything happens to them, it's taking care of their families. And, you know, I chose to acknowledge and honor the people who risk their lives every day because I'm not out there doing that, and I just want to do all I can to support them. Um, you had mentioned the Women in Fashion Film Fest, and that yeah. one is another great, great nonprofit organization. And it's a partner um, with Maritage and the United Nations, and it empowers women through the arts. You know, they bring together communities with leaders in fashion, entertainment, and media. So much of what they're doing is in alignment with my business as well. And we were fortunate enough um, to add a fashion component several years back. It was mainly a film fest at first when I met the founder, Janine Kim, and she asked me if I could bring some fashion into it. So True created a girls' empowerment fashion runway show, and we contacted all the local schools in New York for fashion design, and young designers showcased their work on other young girls who wanted to build their confidence and get a chance to rock, walk down the runway. We had some panel discussions and seminars. Pat Cleveland was teaching them to walk. We had educators there and several other people. Um, so now uh, they're building many different platforms that you can build confidence, self-esteem in young girls and women. I love it, and I was actually there the very first year um, as your guest, and it was it was beautiful to see all the girls coming out and rocking. The designers came; they gave them, uh, you know, the sample clothing to try on. It was so fun, and again, yeah. it was empowering women of of all ethnicities and shapes and sizes. So. I just wanted to talk quickly because I had an amazing meeting this morning, and I want to talk about an organization that I briefly spoke with you about, Forever Found. Mm -hmm. um, and it is, um, it is for they rescue children who have been sex trafficked. And mm -hmm. they do have homes all over the globe. And what, they, what their goal is is to prevent, rescue, and restore um, any young children who have been trafficked. So if anyone wants to learn more about that initiative, it's so important to me, and it, it gives. I say this with a heavy heart because it. Um, there's really, we we can't. Um, basically, they can't get to the, enough girls. They can rescue 300 girls a day. So if you want to learn more about that, you can go to foreverfound.org. Um, 
But let's talk about your recent cover because you're now a cover girl and you were <laughs> on the cover of Social Life magazine this weekend, right? Yes, I was. It just came out a few days ago, so it's the current issue of Social Life. So where can people go to get the copy of you on the cover? Um, You can check it out online at Social Life, and you can also, it's all throughout the Hamptons. Pretty much anywhere in the Hamptons, they're all over the place. So I was reading, she, guys, you have to check it out, pick up a copy, and she has a really amazing interview on page 10. So uh, go ahead and, and read it. And what was super interesting, Gail, is that I had no idea uh, about the, the challenging aspect of the modeling and technology world. Mm-hmm. I, you, you briefly talked about it. Could you share some more information on that? Because I didn't even know that this was an issue. Well, yes, it's been an issue since day one when I started. You know, I love efficiency and accuracy. I really loathe data entry. And it's been driving me crazy that the modeling and the fashion industries lag behind other industries that use technology. You know, there's so many moving parts, a lot of details, everything that needs to be at your fingertips in business. And there's not one seamless solution to run businesses similar to mine. So this is another instance where there's an obstacle <laughs> I'm going to make in an opportunity. So True is pioneering a better system. And um, we're working on building more efficient and precise, like cost-effective systems. We want to accommodate the clients and models' needs better than anyone else and do it faster and better. So anything that we're working on is going to result in um, improvements in our business as well as cost savings and better advertising sales and fitting of clothes for our clients. So it's a huge undertaking, but that, and that's another thing I'm excited about DRAM because it's all people in technology and that's like my new world, my new network. I'm so excited about being, you know, cutting edge um, model management company. So what is the most challenging aspect of it? Is it, is it, because I know that you wouldn't really want to have a lot, well, maybe I'm wrong, but you want to be still be able to be in business, right? So you don't want technology to take over the human form so that you don't mm-hmm. send models in, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And that they just like do tech specs on uh, like through a program. Mm-hmm. So so what type of systems, if you can give us any more information, um, would you kind of create to solve this problem? Well, one of the problems is that all the systems that the major agencies and companies are using They use multiple systems. It's not all on one. So some of the things being created is not going to be brand new, but it's just seamlessly connecting some of them. And um, as far as I always want to have a human component to it, if people, you know, want that, some don't. So I feel like we have to change with the times because the times will change anyway. So instead of falling behind and waking up one day and (laughs) business is over, we can lead the the change and pioneer a new type of industry. Wow. It's, that's so far out of my league. I'm like, not only technology, but I mean, with technology, things are just moving so fast anyways. Mm -hmm. Yep. So tell me what you've got cooking for New York fashion week. It begins next week. So tell, yeah, actually tell us what are some of your most memorable New York fashion week moments? 
Well, I'll tell you, my favorite fashion show ever was the first one I ever attended with my dad. It was at Studio 54. It was before Fashion Week started, <laughs> I believe, so I don't can't, I can't I can't consider a New York Fashion Week one, but it was a leather designer, really high end, so creative, exhilarating. You know, I wound up running out and buying leather the next day and started making my own outfits. I mean, that one touched me the most. But um, I've been to many New York Fashion Week shows. I would say years back, Chato Ralph Rucci was one of my favorite. He was uh, so unique and everything made by hand. One dress could take three months to make with 15 people working on it. it this, the handwork and the detail was so extraordinary. To see that come to life on stage was amazing. Um, and we spoke a little bit earlier about um, this coming New York Fashion Week, and I'm just so excited for Byron Lars' Beauty Mark show. I want to see size 0 to 18 all on the runway together. So September 12th at Kia Style 360, that one is going to be – that one's going to make history. So I can tell you more That's about that after awesome. the show. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. I want to be your guest for that. So okay. That you got it. amazing. So – do you have any experience in design yourself besides like the technical um you know aspect of it? Have you ever designed your own dress or yeah, many actually um that's something I grew up doing um I used to spend a lot of time at the factory with my dad, and my grandmother had a sewing machine. She lived two blocks from my house, and I would be there after school many times, either taking clothes I had and cutting them apart and putting them back together in different ways or dyeing them or painting on them or rhinestones or adding leather or just something. I was constantly designing my own clothes and making them either from scratch with my dad or altering them with my grandmother. And uh, I did it officially, though, as a professional level when I owned the, one of the Genera licenses. I designed lines of outerwear and um, my main claim to to fame was everything was reversible or came apart and you know jackets would turn into vests and turn inside out and had a million pockets and it was really different for the time so that I used to design as well so is there any more designing in your future possibly you know many people have been asking me for quite some time so if I was to do it, it crosses my mind sometimes. It would be probably clothing for women that can be great for travel, doesn't wrinkle, has a lot of pockets that look cool, though, not just, you know, stuck on like a travel vest or something. But, yeah, I toy around with the idea. I think when I get a little lull in some of my other projects, I'll plug that one in. It's not on the immediate horizon, but I could see that down the road. So you do have another project that I do want to talk about, speaking of projects, which is the Good Life Dolls. Mm. And I know that you can't talk too much about it because there is, um, you know, you you go ahead and tell us a little bit about the Good Life Dolls. <laughs> Well, the Good Life Gals, it's just starting out, so it's not really official yet. But uh, me and five female entrepreneurs, we attended a business retreat in the British Virgin Islands. And uh, we spent a few days together exploring our brands, discussing how to improve our lives and our businesses. 
and really how we can help other women succeed. We all have a common passion, and we love people and bringing especially women together. Um, so through this name that we created for ourselves, the Good Life Gals, we started an organization called Sisterhood for Success. So right now we're just starting on a blog and developing this organization so we can empower women through networking, mentorship, enrichment, education. We have so many things down in the pipeline, and we cannot wait for it to be fully officially released. We're all brand ambassadors and blogging, and we just want to help everyone live life to the fullest. Awesome. So we'll, there'll be some mentorship you mentioned. So if someone's coming on there who's a young designer or someone's coming on there on uh, the site or the blog who wants, you know, is aspiring to be a model, you will curate and be able to match them up with someone that can help them? Absolutely. And really for all industries, we want to match um people and connect for all industries. Everyone in um, the Good Life Gals right now has a different, you know, walk in life or different type of business. So we want to connect all businesses and all people. So where can everyone listening go to learn more about that project? You can check out goodlifegals.com, G-O-O-D-L-I-F-G-A-L-S.com, and send us an email through there, and we can answer any questions. And uh, if you want to be, get a newsletter from us, you can find all that there. So now my question is, how do you get it all done? Because there is so <laughs> much that you do. How How do you fit it all in? Well, I work with a lot of friends who are also as passionate as I am about helping others, and we all want to make the world a better place. So it helps to have teams of people, and it also helps that I feel really rested with less sleep than most people do. So I do work quite a bit. I probably put more hours in than the most person, and I try to work as efficiently as possible as well. So I guess the combination of those three things helps me get it done. And I think when you're passionate about something, you work harder to get it done. That's true. When you are passionate, you just get up. You know, it springs you out of bed in the morning. Absolutely. Um, and, that, and that's the beauty of, of having the gift to be able to do what you love, you know, and to mm -hmm. be able to do things that really excite you. So yep. do you have any insider tips or suggestions for models who might be listening? Maybe um, – there's something that no one tells you about GOATs? Yeah, I think that a lot of people overlook a simple point that, you know, to be a model, you don't have to get overly made up and, like, really try hard to impress anyone. You Just let your joyful self shine through. You know, you really need to exude confidence. And when you do, it makes it apparent that you're the one for the job. You know, I found out after becoming a successful model, like, why, why are people drawn to me? I didn't realize what I was doing, but I was just very genuine and happy about what I was doing and, you know, felt good about everything I was doing. So that really is a plus and puts you on a higher level to get the jobs. And one thing that I always did and I always tell our models to that immediately after leaving, take notes about everyone you meet because you're going to be meeting 
so many people, and you'll easily forget someone that you met for like one second. But it could be important because the way I would go into every meeting was I'm prepared to meet them again, and I want to remember as much as possible. It makes life more enjoyable when you connect with people. And, um, you know, when you walk into a casting, you've got to have the mindset like, I got this. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that. I had a friend who told me that the only reason she booked a job was because she was the only girl in class. Huh. Happy casting. So they mm-hmm. told her that later, but I guess it was her just being authentic and, and just being yeah. herself. Yeah, authentic is a big key, and a lot of times if – you walk in with heels, especially if you don't look comfortable in them. You know, it's kind of like you're really trying. And like the very busy models, there's no way they're running around with heels all day because they're standing for 12 hours straight on concrete and their feet are killing them. You know, so it kind of shows you're not um, – I mean, there's, I'm sure there are models that run around them too, but I highly doubt there are many of the very busy ones that do. It's like you always have your heels with you, but you keep them in the bag. You've got to save your feet for work. I love it. What what needs to be in the bag for for a busy model? What are the what are the must-haves in your bag? You must carry around water and snacks with you. Always stay hydrated. And a lot of times you don't get breaks and you're just running from one appointment to another and you don't have time to sit and eat a whole meal. So, you know, a lot of models graze, you know, eating a little bit all day long. So that is important as far as you need the right undergarments for whatever job you're going for. It's usually nude and smooth. They're not the most pretty, but they're undetected, usually underclothes and make you look more flattering. Um, Have, you know, your little makeup kit just with the essentials, unless it's for a job that they tell you to come with full makeup or something. But... um, you know, simple things, a little bottle of clear polish, like nail teak, so you could do taxi manicure if you have to with a white pencil. You know, you need to be clean and polished <laughs> and look great all the time, you know. So you should have flats as well as high heels that aren't worn outside so everything looks new and fresh. Depending on what kind of model you are, there's a different model bag to bring, but fit models should usually have, like, a fitted tank top and leggings with them and, uh, you know. A hair tie. A hair tie. Yeah, you should definitely have hair ties to put put your hair up. All those are good things. So tell me a little bit about how one can become a fit model. Well, the easiest way is to visit the True Model Management website. You can go to true, T-R-U-E, model, M-O-D-E-L, dot net, and there's a Become a Model form. You can apply right there. And we can get back to you and let you know uh, the opportunities, you know, what we look for. Uh, depending on the type of model you are, again, there's print modeling, fit modeling, shoe modeling, your measurements, your shape, your consistency in those measurements and shape is important. Your attitude is tremendously important. We love positive, you know, authentic people. And you need to have the availability and the desire to do it. So feel free to reach out to us and we can give you more details. Yeah, and everyone who's listening, I know that many people don't think that they are a model per se, but um, I do want to stress the fact that true does represent all shapes and sizes. So, Adele, if you can just talk a little bit more about that, because I know you're expanding all of your divisions. A lot of people might not think that they're a model, but they should go ahead and apply, right? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, uh, the world of modeling, as I said before, has really opened up and be- become very inclusive as far as size, shape, gender, age, everything. You know, d- there's a different market for all types of people. Commercial models could be anything. We get requests sometimes, you know, for a 70-year-old male that has, you know, this particular hair, hair color. or Just the requests are are all over the place. So the most busy models, I would say, in the fit modeling department are size 6s or 8s, and also size 18s are very popular. But we fit everyone from like a 0 to size around 22. The paradigm's really shifting. Our curves division is getting so much attention, and um, the models are getting busier every day. We have male models. We've introduced a fitness division because we really um, support athletes and health at any size. One of our models, Melinda Parrish, she has a hashtag, health at any size, and she's a contributor to several magazines, and we fully support that initiative. Um, we also have shoe models like Tara. I don't know if she's told you, but she was a shoe model, and uh, we love that division. So, you know, if you've got the personality, you've got the drive, and you would love to try and become a model, just let us know, and we can fill you in on if there's a niche for your, your type. That's right. And for shoe modeling, um, I know that you guys are currently looking for models, all different types of models. You, um, they ask for size six, six and a half, or size seven. So if you know anyone who's listening in the New York area or Los Angeles area, um, please, of course, have them reach out to Dale. And why don't you just go ahead and tell everyone where they can go to contact you directly, or would you like them to contact you through the site? Um, through two of the sites I'm with are probably the easiest and keeps it all together at truemodel.net. You can contact us through there or post on Instagram at truemodelmgt, T-R-U-E-M-O-D-E-L-M-G-T. Or my personal site is dale, D-A-L-E, Noel, N-O-E-L-L-E.com. And my Instagram is dalenoel underscore true. Wonderful. Yeah, I want to make sure you got that in there. So she has two um, presences online. That's DaleNoel.com, her Instagram and Twitter, and then True Model Management as well. And they also have a really cool Facebook page. Well, thank you so much. We're coming in to the end of the show. Dale, thank you for taking the time to just hang out with me and talk a little bit. Thank you so much, Sarah. It's very And thank everyone for allowing me to be your host today. You are listening to Women Women to Watch, so make sure to tune in to next week. And if you'd like to learn a little bit more about me, you can go to www.taramagalski.com. And if you want to learn more about the amazing project that I'm super passionate about, please go to foreverfound.org. We have homes in Arizona, California, Ethiopia, Thailand, India, um, two homes in India actually now, and we're working on a home in Africa. So any support and raising of awareness you can do, we would greatly appreciate it. Stay tuned for next week. You are watching Women to Watch.